Welcome to this podcast series, recorded with love as a tribute to Mr. R. Nelson Nash. In this six-part series, you'll hear from Justin Kraft, Jim Oliver, and Joe Pantosi. They are agency owner advisors who are privileged to know and learn from Mr. Nash at a professional as well as a personal level. We trust you will gain insight into the man who changed the face of the life insurance landscape in America for tens and perhaps hundreds of thousands of people who searched for and found freedom from the bondage of financial slavery through the diligent use of the infinite banking concept. Nelson's discovery, perfected and shared with all of us over the past 25 plus years. Nelson taught us that you cannot create, multiply and pass down real significant wealth unless you first unravel the mysteries of the commercial banking system in America. Then apply the truth in your own family, business, and legacy. This podcast series is not a course on money, but a tribute to the discoverer and refiner of that course, offered with respect and admiration. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver with Justin Kraft and Joe Pantosi. Welcome back, guys. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. And y'all are great co-hosts. And you see how I did that, Justin? I like that. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about Nelson Nash, who's a Southern gentleman, if there ever was one. And Justin is a Southern gentleman. And I love the way people in the South say y'all. You know, I, I don't think that I've used that a lot, but I think I should use it more. Now in South Dakota, I'm not sure that they're going to understand what I'm saying. But when I live part of my life in Florida, I promised the guys down in Florida would get it. So <laughs> although there's a lot of New Yorkers and New Jersey people, Joe, down there, and I know you're from that neck of the woods. So you communicate with Justin pretty well. Well, see, here's the thing. My wife is from Texas. And so I've been listening to y'all and sir, when I first met my wife, and we've had her dad in our lives until he was 99. She would always call him sir until the day he died. I learned Southern courtesy and respect. And so when these people talk to me, when people come in my office and five minutes after they meet me, they ask me what part of Brooklyn I'm from. <laughs> my accent. And then they hear a y'all come out of my mouth. They have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you just confused them, right? You just, yeah, that's a great segue actually, because one of the things I wanted to talk about and thought that we would talk about in this episode is how Nelson taught us. And Justin, you mentioned this in one of the previous episodes about Nelson. When you would ask him a question or he wanted to teach you something, he would do it in story form. And yeah. I think that, you know, that's really an up and coming you know, we've had Park Howell on our podcast, and he's a great guy with the business of story. Donald Brand has the story brand. But Nelson was a, he was, he was way ahead of his time in, in teaching people this way. And, you know, Justin, tell me a story that Nelson told you that maybe like you, you, you know, you asked him a question or he was going to teach you something and he told you a story and you thought, why did you just tell me that? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Jim, there are so many places to start. I, I've got a couple of them. I may save one of them because it's more on a personal level, but the IBC side was interesting. I actually 
this is pretty cool. I actually was able to pull up a text that Nelson sent me. And this shows you the kind of teacher that he was. And uh, before Nelson went in the hospital, before he graduated, Nelson had actually been at our office on a Monday and he had a special coffee cup. It, it has his name written on the bottom of it. So he, he liked the cup and uh, he always liked his coffee black. He said, you know, if you put all that other stuff in it, it just messes it up. Pollutes it is the word he said. <laughs> he said, uh, you, you got to be man or woman enough to just drink it black. That was how coffee was made to be drank. So he loved a great cup of coffee and he would come sit in our conference room and was just a huge part of our training over the last 10 years. He was invited always. He had a chair at the end of the table that no one would, would sit in. Didn't always know if he was coming, but more times than not, he would be there. And I remember when he introduced, he said, you know, Justin, there's for years, we knew the four rules of banking, you know, that, that Nelson talked about. It was, you know, he would say, think long range, don't be afraid to capitalize, don't steal the peas and don't do business with banks. But he added a fifth one, you know, I'd say in his last couple of years. And he was talking about that one day based on an article that he loved to give out that fish are the last to, uh, to notice the water. I'm sure you guys read that, that he sent it to you. And after that, he talked to us about rethink our thinking, that it is so important for us. And Jim, I think you alluded to it early in the book when he talks about imagination. And he talks about growth where he just, he was talking about rethink your thinking. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't, like a lot of things, I didn't fully get it at first because I am a little bit slow. I had three concussions in college, so it takes me a minute to, to <laughs> grasp things, right? <laughs> so, so he talked about that and I was telling Nelson, I said, Nelson, tell me a little more about what you mean in a conversation we had. And literally right before he went in the hospital, he sent me this quote. I want to read it to you guys. He said, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and then relearn. I think he attributed it to Alvin Tolver. Wow. And that's that one of the last... Justin, I'd, li I'd like to have that. I'd be glad to. I can't write it down that fast. It's a picture that I think he took. And uh, again, I want to read it for everyone. The illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and then relearn. And what he wow. said is, Justin, this is why you need to rethink your thinking. We need to always be growing. He was a huge proponent. He said the Bible is all about growth. He would talk about that over and over about his faith, that we're being taken on a journey, and that this earth is just training ground for the everlasting. He would say that time and time again. So he said, take this opportunity while we're here, invest in ourselves, continue to grow, continue to learn, continue to use our imagination, and don't be afraid to rethink what we thought to be true, because mm. it may turn out not to be true. Wow, that's powerful. Joe, I'm going to let you uh, follow that one up. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for that. So, you know, I, I have to say that Justin Kraft has learned one lesson. If he's learned a thousand lessons, he's learned this one from Nelson Nash. And that is Justin Kraft is the poster child for understatement. So when Justin tells you that he got three concussions in college, I can tell you that he handed out probably 300. 
<laughs> he's, he's humble. He's humble about the damage that he did in college, and he's very humble about the good and the value that he brings today. And and that's one of the many reasons why I love being around him because he challenges me to be a better man, to be a better big brother, to be a better mentor to our clients. And now I'll, I'll shift into Nelson so I could stop making Justin blush. Nelson challenged us to become the mentors that he was to me, that he was to us. And you know that when I walk into a classroom, whether I'm prepared exactly on point, whether my slides are perfect, whether my hand hands out are pretty, you know, Nelson gave me the confidence of my own authority the confidence of my own understanding, my own knowledge, my own credibility. I mean, he reminded me of who I am in the sense of, of the academic and the professional and the business setting. When I walk into a classroom, I'm not concerned about any questions that'll be thrown at me because Nelson laid a groundwork and a foundation for me. And here, here's an example. When people say, well, you know, there are so many things to invest in, and I, I, I'm just confused. There are thousands and thousands of mutual funds. Well, there's only about five places where you can put your money. You can leave your money in cash. You could put it into cash value life insurance. You can run a business or a series of businesses. You can put it in the stock market, or you can buy real estate or a combination thereof. That's about five food groups. I mean, Nelson simplified things. And then he, he gave us the general principle, which we then could, could carry down and apply to the specific, right? Start out with a general and take it down to the specific. So when Nelson gave us Bible lessons, and Nelson talked about, uh, he, he wrote a paper called Out of Egypt and Into Babylon. Is that correct, Justin? Yeah. And he was talking to us about how government enslaves us. Right. And so the idea is anytime you see the government doing anything for you, it's really a guise for the government getting its claws into you. And so, again, he, he taught us general principles and he said, now take a look around you, see where the government is alive and active and operating in your life. Right. Read taxes here. How many dozens, maybe hundreds of taxes are we subjected to? Nelson was primarily libertarian, wasn't he? The place of government is to protect our borders. And uh, I don't know, maybe there isn't a second thing that government's responsible for. Everything else is the government taking ownership of our personal responsibility and taking away our liberty. I mean, Nelson was all about liberty and individual freedom and taking responsibility for our, our own actions, our own future, and our own, our own families. That's awesome. You know, there's some great points. I remember, Joe, I had Nelson in Sioux City, I don't know how many years ago. I'm bad at remembering dates and, and what year it was. But after speaking for eight or nine hours straight, I thought that before we had this kind of VIP event that evening, that I would bring Nelson back to the house and have him rest. And my daughter, my granddaughter was probably, I don't know, seven at the time or maybe six. 
and he sat on our, and my, and my 21 year old was, I'm going to say, okay, 15, 16, something like that. He sat on our couch with my wife, never, I mean, barely blinking because she was so focused on the story. And he told us the story of the paper out of, out of Egypt into Babylon. And for 45 minutes and my wife was like, that was amazing. That was mm-hmm. like, like, Hey, we don't, go, we don't have to go to church tomorrow. Cause we just got our Bible lesson. But by the way, we did go to church. I got another story <laughs> about that because it was with Nelson. You know, so I think of these stories, the story that I want to share is <laughs> didn't happen too long ago. I'm just talking to Nelson one day and I'm just, I don't remember what we're talking about. And he said, he said, Jim, do you know what the, the biggest or the, the worst racial violence or racial you know, riot in the history of the United States was? Now, I'm from Los Angeles, and I said, without question, the Watts riots, right? He goes, no. He said it was the Tulsa race riot or the Greenwood massacre is what they also called it, 1921. Now, he didn't tell me why this was important. Right. Uh, just back to Justin's earlier remark, he he just told me a little bit about it, how many people were killed and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But he didn't tell me what caused it. And I got off the phone with him and I thought, that's interesting, but I don't even understand the point of that story. So I called David Stearns a couple of days later because I'm thinking, I know there was a lesson there, but I missed it. And David Stearns said, well, these that was back in the day they had like the black wall street, right? And there were these businesses that they kind of seceded from the white uh, banking system. And they didn't like that. They didn't like for these people and all this wealth to secede from them. And you can read and there's a, you know, you can go to Wikipedia or whatever you want and just type in Tulsa race riot and Google it and you'll learn a lot about it. But the story was, it was banking. You know, and I think sometimes when Nelson talks about banks love wars because they finance both sides, and he would say things in a seminar that sometimes made people uncomfortable. Maybe it was the weed whacker story for those that know that story. Or maybe it was when he would talk about the Civil War. But you know what? It was the truth, right? And the weed whacker story, I mean, is just a joke. I mean, it's not the truth. Okay. It's just a joke. It was him being funny. Right. And he never meant to offend one soul in telling these stories. So let me tell you, as I kind of go into this, I'll, I'll pivot to the story of, of Nelson and just kind of how amazing the stories that he would tell. So Nelson was speaking on Saturday uh, for this event for us a few years ago. And my 21-year-old's grandmother passed away, and my wife had to drive her to Denver, and it was just putting a lot of stress on this because I got Nelson Nash coming to town. I got this event, and they have to go to a funeral in Denver on that Friday. So they drive through the night, get home. I don't even remember, sometime in the middle of the morning, go to bed for a few hours. They get up, and my wife meets Nelson for the first time right? So this is Saturday morning that she meets Nelson. We spend the day with Nelson. You know, he's obviously just such a gentleman and just amazing. And my wife's finally meeting this guy that I think is so cool and such a great mentor. And I'm like, I hope that she has the same feelings about him that I do. 
So that evening, he tells us the Bible story and gives us a great 45-minute lesson. He's going till 1030, by the way, talking about aviation to another pilot at this VIP event. And I'm the one saying, I'm wiped out. Can we just go home now? <laughs> and so the next morning, Sunday morning, I told Nelson when, when he was coming up, I said, hey, Nelson, if you want to go to a Baptist church, we'll go to a Baptist church. If you want to come to my church, we'll go to my church. He said, well, let's go to your church. Now, our church is pretty contemporary. You know, Justin, I, I think from the music that I've heard from your church, it's kind of like your church, lots of music. And we happen to sit right under the biggest speaker in the, in the whole dang worship center. And, and Nelson is belting it out, man. He didn't care if it was traditional music. He was worshiping, right? Which we can go on. I could talk for 30 minutes about that. But he was worshiping. Now, he looked over at me a couple of times because I, I don't want to give out any secrets, but I can't carry a tune to save my life. But I sing loud because I figure that uh, I love to worship. So we get done. We have a rule in our family. If you go to church, you get to go to breakfast. If you don't go to church, you don't get to go to breakfast. So now this is 24 hours or so after my wife has met Nelson, and they're walking up the steps into this country club, and they're holding hands. And my wife looks at Nelson, and she says, Nelson, I love you. And he looks at her and says, I love you too, Kelly. Mm. I mean, it was just <laughs> awesome. in 24 hours. That's the kind of person that this man was. And it was just, I mean, I just couldn't believe it. It still obviously impacts me today to just remember that so fondly. So tell me something, Justin, that is similar or something that just touched you or that Nelson told you or a time with Nelson. Yeah, if I could, Jim, I'm going to take one second and just tell a quick funny story. And then I've got one thing that he left me with that I really want to share. But the first one, this is sort of interesting. So my brother and sister-in-law, we, we have a real close family. So they're buying a new car in the last week. And, and so my little niece, she is about, I think she's 11 years old. Her name is Riley, Jim, uh, just yeah. like your granddaughter. And uh, she is my buddy. And so she wanted to have a lot of input into this new car purchase. So one of the funniest things is she's heard me talk, Joe, you, you mentioned the human factors. Nelson would always tell a story and use himself about uh, when Mary was needing to get a new car. And Mary had ridden in their daughter's car and it had been a cold evening. And she was amazed to find out that you could punch this little button and the heat would come through the seats and actually warm you so that you could, you could get warmer faster on a winter night, which we don't have many of in Alabama, by the way, but from time to time, we, we need those. And Nelson would refer to that as bun warmers. He said, you know, once uh, a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity, right? That was one of the, one of the lessons he would taught us. And he would tell this, this story, and I'm not doing it justice. It was a lot longer, but he said Mary needed those bun warmers in her new car. <laughs> and so he had to be sure and get those. Well, they've heard me tell that story and, and uh, they've, they've actually been and heard Nelson speak a couple of times. And so the funniest thing, they were talking about which car they're going to get. And my little 11 year old niece, Riley says, well, mom, I want to be sure we get the, get the car with the bun warmers. So when it's cold outside, <laughs> that's just, that's the kind of impact, you know, Nelson's stories would have. I mean, just go generationally. <laughs> and uh, it was just impact. so impact big and small. <laughs> that's him impact. That's his story. But 
what I really wanted to what I really wanted to share was, and Jim, I'm I'm going to apologize because honestly, it's hard to get through this. Nelson was always teaching, and the last day that I got to see him in person when he came by the office that Monday, he was sharing a, a story with me about how, and this is what he would say. He said, "I Justin, the last year I've been teaching Mary to be a widow." He said, and here's what we're doing and here's what we're going through because she needs to understand and I've been teaching her. And so he was walking through Jim and Joe. He was teaching me lessons Mm. uh, literally on a Monday afternoon about his system and what he had done and what he wanted to have happen when he graduated, which is how he always referred to going to heaven. And he said, so whenever that time comes, this is what I want to have happen. And I couldn't help but feel overwhelmed. So I said to Nelson, I just said, I was trying to make him feel good. I just said, Nelson, how does it make you feel to know that you have impacted hundreds of thousands of people? That your book, Becoming Your Own Banker, has been in like 35 or 37 countries. That you have left a legacy of advisors that, that have changed their thinking and have built their careers around teaching what you taught so many of us. How does it make you feel to know, uh, I'm using that word again, Joe, that you impacted hundreds of thousands of people and maybe millions of people? And as he got up, he made his little noise, and he took a (laughs) sip of coffee, Jim. He said, took a sip of coffee, and I'll never forget this. He said, Justin, he said, do you believe Jesus Christ is the light of the world? And I said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, well, isn't it just a great privilege to be a very small reflection of that light on earth? Isn't that what we should all do? Mm. Mm. Wow. That was his humility. That was who Nelson was. Didn't take any credit and, and just spun it all back. And I think that puts it all in perspective. I think what we all want people to know is who Nelson was. And that, to me, just personifies the man. He was a giver. He was a teacher. He was a storyteller. But most importantly, he was always focused on what he believed his mission was, and that was to educate people how to take control financially. And uh, he didn't want to take any credit for it. And I'll, I'll never forget that because it impacted me in a humongous way. That's awesome. Joe, you're up. Gee, thanks a lot. Let me, let me follow that up. <laughs> Notice how I put you after Justin a lot because, you know, I, I figured that you're eloquent in your presentation. So you're, you're more capable of following up Justin's stories because they're, they're impactful. It's the Brooklyn in him. He can do it. The, the best thing that I can do is hold a spotlight to who Nelson is. And I, I always use the present tense. You know, I, I speak about my mom and dad, especially my mom, who had an amazing repertoire of, of Angie-isms. And uh, I always talk about her in the present tense. I still talk about Nelson in the present tense because it's who he is, who he is to me today and that'll never change. He'll always be in the present to me because he has an impact on me presently. So one of the things that, that, that impacts me is the thing, the same thing that causes my wife great consternation when it comes to cleaning day. My wife won't even go into my personal man cave, my library at home, because it's impossible to dust all the books that Nelson has inspired me to purchase. <laughs> I had a decent library on the subject of faith, the, the Bible, Christian authors, et cetera. 
and then when I met Nelson, I started I started building my library from the authors that he introduced, right? The, the subject of finance, the subject of economics. And Nelson stood in my library and he said, this is one of the finest libraries I've seen. And um, I could hear him saying those words right now. And, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's great to have the books. It's great to buy the books and to own the books, but it's really, really helpful to actually open them and read them and and glean the 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 treasure and the genius that is in the, within the pages of those books now look at what nelson did to us so when i have agents who are coming in this business i say to them you should be reading nelson's book and they say yeah i i read it no 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 i didn't finish my sentence son you need to be reading nelson's book every month you need to be reading three pages of his of his book every day. You need to be making notes in the margins. You need to be applying it to your own life. You need to be uh, applying the, the, the skills and the, and the formulas and the understanding. Look what he did. He created an entire industry under, under his own wing. This, this little diminutive man, was he 5'3"? I'm not sure, Justin. Um, Maybe. <laughs> And, and that, that was a good size to be an aviator, right? It made him a really good size to be in the cockpit of those airplanes. But look at the, at the power and the authority that this man carried with him. So at the last think tank that we were at in, in February, you, and you know, we all know, Nelson literally did not say one word. He stood up to receive the love and and the uh, applause <laughs> whenever he was in the room but he was he was not as, as strong as he's been in previous years but i mean not only do we love him as as a person and as a papa but we also revere him because he turned the financial practices of hundreds and i hope thousands of people in this country to to start teaching the truth I have a little, a little quick, um, it's not necessarily a story, but it's an observation. And that is the, the way that Nelson made you feel. Nelson had a knack for making you feel comfortable in your own home. So, you know, if you invite the king, <laughs> if you invite Papa Nelson Nash to your home, you're going to be a little bit um, concerned about making sure that he's comfortable and has anything he wants. And, you know, Nelson would just eat what you put in front of him. He would drink what you put in front of him and he would, and he would be comfortable in front of any group, in front of any individual. And he looked at my wife as, uh, as I'll bet he looked at a lot of, of our wives. He looked at my wife as a daughter and my wife loved him. And, you know, in, in, in recent months, he may have been calling her a little bit more often and I would come home and Evie would say to me, uh, Nelson called today. I said, Nelson called you? Nelson called you. <laughs> he didn't call me. <laughs> he called Evie. I mean, he would call me to share something about, about character, right? About eternity, about business, about lots of different topics. But, you know, he would call Evie and talk about his latest great-grandchild. Wow. And, and he brought her in. And he treated her like a daughter, even though we were 3,000 miles away. And 
you know, when Nelson came out to Las Vegas to do seminars for us, he, he never, thank God, he never stayed in a hotel. We had the privilege of of having him stay at our in our little casita, and he and Mary always always enjoyed that. And we just enjoyed our special time because it didn't matter what you were talking about. And Nelson would always bring it back around to the human factors, human nature, government, uh, the plan of God, the plan of eternity, and how it all fits together. And it was it was amazing to me how Nelson could bring all these things together, which means to me that he was an amazing scholar and he was an amazing teacher. And the only reason he could be a mentor and a teacher to us is because he was he was an amazing student and a, a, a voracious reader and researcher. So I, I don't think there's an ending to that to that statement. I, I'm just I, I continue to be fascinated at what Nelson meant to me and 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 what he continues to to do in my practice and in the, the agents in our practice to to give them a, a great leader and a torchbearer. So if I were to sum it up in one word, Justin, what would that word be? Nelson Nash has great what's your word of 2019, Justin? <laughs> Impactful. Impactful, right? He he had a huge impact on all of our lives and he continues to impact people's lives through his book, through the things that he's taught us that we're teaching other people. And what a great way to go from being human to being significant. And he is definitely significant today as much as he was 10 years ago, as much as he was 20 years ago. Nelson is just as impactful today, even though he's not with us on earth but he's with us in our hearts every day. And so thank you guys for that episode. And I don't know how we're going to follow that up in the next episode, but the only way you guys are going to find out in the audience is to hit play on the next episode. So tell Vin, thank you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for your kind attention to our tribute to Mr. Nash. We could have simply kept going probably made this a 20-part series based on all the good that Nelson did for us, our families, our clients, and our communities. We trust you will take time to look into the subject of Nelson's career, the infinite banking concept. Go to our websites, check our recommended reading, test the principles that we teach against your most precious values, and you'll find they will resonate. We wish you all success and family wealth in all its forms.